Hey, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope this message really blesses you. I'm glad you're watching, listening, or whatever you're doing. Uh, one of the things we want you to do as you're watching online right now is can you rate us, review us, and also subscribe. I've got all kinds of great teachers that I subscribe to, and I hope that's what Cowboy Junction becomes uh, for you, and you look forward to it downloading on your device. Also, if you consider Cowboy Junction your home, one of the things that you do is you uh, would give annually or monthly. You can even give a one-time gift just by going to our webpage, cowboyjunctionchurch.com, or our app, and you can give there. Today's going to be a great message. I'm really excited that you're with us. Um, enjoy. Thanks so much for joining us today. We're so glad that you're here. We would just want to let you know we're in the middle of our Christmas at the Movie series. And with that being said, there's some movie clips that we have to play that tie into the message. And uh, we're going to be doing the movie Jingle All the Way. But for copyright reasons, we can't show that online. So we encourage you to watch the movie. Uh, hopefully, we do a good job of explaining everything that happens in the scene. So if you don't have access to watch the movie, uh, hopefully you feel like you've seen it. But we just want to let you know that that's the movie that we're going to be speaking from this week. And we really hope that you enjoy this message. If you would like to partner with us, share this podcast, share this message, please do that. Uh, also, you can join us online by getting our message out there and give financially. It could be a one-time gift or set up reoccurring. Uh, just go to cowboyjunctionchurch.com slash give, and uh, you can partner with us that way. We're so honored that you're here. Sit back, pick up some popcorn, enjoy Jingle All the Way and this message as we find Jesus and find the gospel in our favorite Christmas movies. All right. Are you guys excited? This is going to be fun. I hope you're paying attention. I hope you're taking notes. It's not just watching a movie. We're also going to have a message, and so we're splitting it up into different clips. Um, but have any of you parents ever heard that phrase, like, everybody's going to get one, and if I don't, I'm going to be the only loser? In my opinion, that's character building, right? Like... <laughs> But this whole story, this is all about Howard. He's the father in this story. This is Howard. He's trying to find this action figure for his son. And so we're going to go with him on this journey today. And we're going to find out like the extent that he's going to go and, and all of the different situations and crazy outcomes and scenarios that he finds himself in. Um, and, I mean, it's awesome because he's doing it with Sinbad. I don't know where Sinbad is now, but he was, you know, one of my favorite favorite actors back in the day. And so he's going to be in this journey, and you're going to see how they interact and, and the extent that he's going to go to try and find this for his son. Um, and it kind of leads me to, to what, a question I wanted to ask you. Has anybody ever been, did anybody go Black Friday shopping? Some of you? There's a couple of you? Did anybody, anybody down with Cyber Monday? <laughs> yeah, see, some of the, some of the Black Friday people, like, they, they scare me a little bit because I've been, and um, I was talking to my parents, and we uh, actually have a story where we tried to find, and we actually got one of the very first, like, dolls of the Tickle Me Elmo, if anybody remembers that. There was the, like, Cabbage Patch Kids craze, then there was the Furby craze, and then there was the Tickle Me Elmo, and my sister actually, um, I think it was 1996 and 97 that it got to be, like, a hot item, and... Um, my sister was like one or two years old, and uh, my parents actually got it for early because we would go celebrate Thanksgiving and Christmas at the same time with family. And um, so we got her that, and it was right before it became like the super hot item. And uh, 
I was asking my dad, I said, hey, do you remember this whole thing? He goes, I remember that we got it. I remember that it was like, we actually got it pretty easily. And then people started selling them for like $1,500. And he said, and I made the decision to give it to my daughter instead of selling it. And I was like, oh, what a good dad. I would not. <laughs> and then the funny thing is that he, uh, we gave it to my sister, and uh, if anybody remembers Tickle Me Elmo, for just so that you know, he would shake violently and laugh like that. <laughs> that tickles! And so he would do that and shake violently, and my sister was terrified. And so <laughs> immediately we got the doll and we had to just put it away because, you know, she didn't want it. And so there was $1,500 down the drain that we could have bought something like... You know, kids like to play with, like, toilet paper rolls. You know, like, those are the things that you can give a kid. Um, but those are all the experiences that we find. And so we're going to go on this journey with Howard, with his family. Um, we find out that there's kind of this disconnect with him and his family. And we're going to explore that a little bit as we move forward. But uh, we're going we're gonna to go into this next clip and see the extent that he's going to go to find this doll, this action figure that says five different phrases. We're going to find this doll for his son. Join me on this adventure. For those of you that don't know, that's what roid rage looks like. Um, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mess with him. All those people are laughing at him, and I'm like, man, anybody that's a bodybuilder, like, just don't laugh in their face at them. You can laugh behind their back, but don't do it to his face. But this whole, this whole scene is so interesting because I think it describes a lot of us in life and, and there's things that we search for. And he's going on this search and I, I think the, the thing that's important to remember is that we're all searching, that we are all in a way Howard and it maybe isn't a toy for somebody that we're looking for, but we're looking for something. And, uh, and I want to read a few scriptures that kind of describe the very first search for Christmas. And if you're taking notes, um, I encourage you to, to take notes so that you can remember some of these things. Um, because I believe God's going to speak to you, whether it's something that I say or whether it's something that you um, believe that you, you hear directly from God or there's an impression that you feel. Um, take notes on those things because it's good to go back and, and read those. Um, but the title of the message is The Search for Christmas. In the very, very search, very first search for Christmas, um, we're going to read a couple of those scriptures. And if you're taking notes, it's Luke chapter 2, and we'll start in verse 15, and then also Matthew chapter 2. And these are the stories of the birth of Jesus. Luke chapter 2, verse 15, it says this, When the angels went away from them into heaven, talking about the shepherds, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And the, the angels had just come and let them know about Jesus' birth. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at, the shepherds, at what the shepherds told them. So the shepherds are the first one that we're going to look at. The next one we're going to look at is Matthew chapter 2, and we'll start in verse 1. It says this, Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. 
And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. He told them, in Bethlehem of Judea, for it was written, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people of Israel. This is Herod understanding a little bit about Jesus, the Messiah, coming. Then Herod summoned the, the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. So there's three different people in those two scriptures that I want to highlight and I want to talk about. Uh, the first one, as I mentioned, is the shepherds and their search for Jesus. And their search began a little bit differently um, because as you read in that, in that passage of scripture, you find out that they were actually pretty close. They, they may have been like a little bit of ways away because they said, let us go into Bethlehem. And so they may have been like on the outskirts. And so they were probably, you know, maybe a mile away. And they had to make this journey which is a mile into Bethlehem to, to find Jesus. And, and they had angels appear in the sky, a whole host of angels, and they were singing and told them the good news. Then you look at that next passage of scripture and you find out that the wise men, they actually were from, uh, a lot of scholars believe that they were from the country of Yemen and they were like rulers and kings in Yemen. And so these wise men traveled and the traveling route, like, route that they would take Normally, it actually goes up to Jerusalem and then down into Bethlehem. And they went to Jerusalem to talk to King Herod because that was the, the trade route that was kind of there. And so it's believed that they probably traveled close to, if not more than 1,200 miles to get to Jesus. And so they heard this good news. They read scripture. They read the prophecies and found out, we want to get there. We want to see this king of the Jews who's being born. And so they made the trek with all of their servants and camels and gifts, and they probably traveled 1,200 miles, which would be the equivalent of traveling on camel from here to Grand Rapids, Michigan. And so they made this long journey, and they went to go find him. And then the third person that I want to highlight is King Herod, because he had the choice and he had the decision of if he was going to travel and search for Jesus or not. And it says that he was in Jerusalem and he heard about this and he gathers all the smart people that he knows and he says, I want to find out about this, this king who's been, been born. I want to find out who he is, where is he at? And they tell him, well, he's going to be in Bethlehem. And he's like, oh, okay. But the interesting thing to me is that he doesn't go. Right? It says that he's concerned, and not just he's concerned, all of Jerusalem is concerned too. But he still doesn't go. Now, I think all three of those types of people, we find ourselves in those situations a lot. I think for some of us, and, and this is where I relate, some of us, we find our journey to Jesus 
if you are now a Jesus follower, your journey to Jesus may have looked a little bit like the shepherds because your journey was, you were already close. You were already there. And then there was just this trigger that switched. And then you now all of a sudden go, okay, now I'm going to follow Jesus for myself. I'm going to search him for myself. And so I would equate that to like the, the church kids, you know, like the kids that grew up in church. And so naturally, they just kind of know about Jesus, and they're like, oh, okay, well, let's do it. Now, then the other people, I think it's the, the wise men from the East, because some of us have traveled a long distance to meet Jesus. Some of us, our journey has been 1,200 miles from where you used to be to where you are now. Your journey has had a lot of pain and suffering, and this has, has a lot of hurt and a lot of healing that has had to take place in your search for Jesus. And now that you found him, you realize the difference of where you used to be to where you are now. And then the third person I think is all of us can relate to is King Herod, where you know about Jesus, you hear about Jesus, but you're still, you keep yourself at a distance. You keep yourself at a five-mile radius of going, just a second, tell me more. I need to have a little bit more information. I need to have a little bit more answers before I'm going to just jump in and believe in this Jesus that you're talking about. But the thing about Herod is all of his decision-making was based in fear because he was afraid of losing his power that was given to him. He was actually a Jewish man who was given his kingship, and he was a Roman-appointed king. And so Rome came in and said, you're Jewish, but now we want you, we say that you're the king over this area. And so he now has the authority that the Roman people gave him. And so he's kind of like, I mean, they kind of see him as like, he's got his foot on both sides. And he's playing the Roman side, but he's also playing the Jewish side. And He's deciding whether or not he's going to go all in. And I think this is very interesting because it could be a tipping point for him. He could choose to hold on to the power and the authority that he has and not pursue this king and learn more about this king. Or he could decide, I want to find out about this appointed king who's been born king of the Jews. I want to learn. I want to know. But instead... He does what I think all of us have done at sometimes. He sends other people to check it out first. Like, I just want you to figure it out. Then you come back and tell me if it's worth it or not. Because the thing that we don't want to do is make ourselves vulnerable. And that five-mile journey that we're unwilling to make is this vulnerability where we have to open ourselves up and go, I'm going to give up the authority in my life. I'm going to give up the power and the kingship over my life. And I don't want to hand that over. And so we're afraid. And so I think all of us can relate to those things. And I'm going to say this. I don't think it's just in your journey to Jesus, but even in your journey following Jesus, that there's things that you're going to want to pursue. There's things that God is calling you towards. There's things that he wants to do in your life through the guiding and the, and the direction of his Holy Spirit. There's things that you're going to want to maybe look into. And some of it might take 1,200 miles of walking but some of it might just be right there and you have to decide if you're gonna make the sacrifice. If you're gonna be the shepherds who say, I'm gonna leave my flock and I'm gonna go find whatever God has for me. 
or I'm going to leave and I'm going to bring gifts. I'm going to come bearing gifts and worship God because I know he's got the best plan for me. Or are you going to decide to let fear lead and go, no, 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 no. Somebody else can do it and then just tell me. But I'm just here to say that that's not going to be what gets you into heaven. That's not going to be what gets you into the fullness that God has for you. It says that he's in scripture, that he's got a plan that is far beyond anything that you could ask, think, or even imagine. But you can't get that plan unless you're willing to drop, sacrifice, and lead and follow after him. Let him guide you. And so we're going to go into this. We're going to talk a little bit more about this. Um, but I want to go ahead and play this last clip. And this last clip talks about, and it shows the resolution of what happens when Howard, the father, finds himself in, in the pursuit of this action figure. He actually, he finds himself in the, uh, I guess it was Christmas Eve parade that they had in their town. And he's actually in the Turbo Man suit. And so he finds himself just through crazy, like, you know, running from the cops scenarios, which is everyday stuff. But he finds himself in the Turbo Man suit. And I want you to pay attention to some of the conversation that he and his son have, some of the words that they say, and how it relates to God in talking to us, and how it can relate to our relationship with God. Let's go ahead and watch this last clip. And we wonder why it got a 16% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean... So some of the things that I find super interesting, um, and even as I watch it again and again, there's things that I'm like, man, isn't it interesting that the thing, like right before he said, how do you, how do you know my name? First of all, I think there's some people in here that maybe you just need to know, maybe you've been asking the question, um, but, but why do I matter? Because he knows your name. You have a heavenly father that knows your name. And he, he points you out in a crowd of 8 billion people and says, I know what you're going through. I know who you are. I know you by name. I created you. And you also have an enemy that's trying to come in between you and your father. The minute that he says, how'd you know my name? And he said, because I'm your, and it's right before the son realizes his identity that the enemy steps in because if he would have understood his identity, there would have been a big change in the story. And if you understood the narrative that God is your father and he loves you and he cares for you, there would have been a way different scenario that plays out. And so I think that there's something that, that we need to pay attention to that we've got a father that is pursuing us. And so there was a few things that I kind of wrote down that I I, uh, that I wanted to highlight, I think Howard, the father, he was searching for something that would, one, make his son happy. Two, he believed it would make his wife happy because happy wife, happy life. And then three, he thought that this action figure would solve some of the problems in his family. And so then I began asking the question at the end of the movie, I started asking, what would have happened if the dad would have been present the whole time? Like, what if he was present in his son's life the whole time? I would go so far to say that probably there wouldn't be a movie, right? There wouldn't be this tension. He wouldn't have been detached. And then the other question that I ask is, why was Jamie the son? Why was he so willing to give up the action figure? And one of the phrases that I want to highlight is he says, 
Why would I want the action figure when I have the real thing at home? Why would I want to trade this thing that I'm pursuing, this thing that I thought was going to make me happy, that if I don't have that I'm going to be a loser? What if that thing was just a substitution and he was using that as a distraction for the missing piece in his life when he just really needed his father? And he says, why would I want that when I have the real thing at home? And it reminded me of a scripture in, in Matthew talking about, talking about the birth of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 1, this is Joseph, and this is when an angel comes to Joseph. He says, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. And get this, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, the thing that I think we're all searching for, the different quote-unquote action figures in our life, I believe we're searching for security. We're searching for joy. We're searching for peace. We're searching for hope. Those are the things in our life that I believe that we're trying to find. And some of us may be pursuing the action figure of, if I can just get this much amount of money in the bank, then I'll be okay. If I can just get this relationship mended, then I'll be okay. If I can just get this or whatever it is, if I can get those things, those are the things that are going to make me feel fulfilled. But really, I think we're trading this distraction for the real thing. And the crazy part about the search for Christmas is you don't have to search because he's already here. He searched for you before you even knew that he loved you, before he knew that he called you by name. It says that before the, before the stars were in the sky that he had you in mind. He knew the plans and the purpose that he had for you, the fullness that he has for you, not just eternity, but the fullness here on earth that he has planned for you. It's far beyond anything that you could ask, think, or even imagine. And so the search for Christmas isn't a matter of, are you going to travel five miles? Are you going to travel from the field? Are you going to travel 1,200 miles? The actual question is, are you willing to lay down and sacrifice and be vulnerable and say, I'm going to trade the kingship of my life. I'm going to trade my authority that I think that I have, and I'm going to give that to Jesus, and I want him to be the Lord of my life. And so if you'll do that, and not just a one-time decision, if you'll continue to do that and make this a practice in your heart and in your life, then you're going to see the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, goodness, gentleness, long-suffering. You're going to see all of these things just naturally come about in your life. You're going to see hope become part of who you are because the Jesus that pursued you is who you're going to continue to search for, and this relationship is going to grow deeper and deeper and deeper, and he's going to draw you to deeper things. And there's things that you're nervous about pursuing because you're afraid that God's gonna ask you to lay him down. And that might be the case, but you're so nervous to make this journey. I just wanna warn you, don't stop at five miles and keep him at a distance because he's already there. He's already here. He's Emmanuel, he's God with us. He made the pursuit for you. He left his throne in heaven and lived a life 
on this earth just so that he could have a relationship with you. Don't trade it for anything else. Don't trade it for some broken toy action figure in life. Pursue the real thing because he's already pursuing you. I wanna pray for you. And so I'm gonna ask that you close your eyes, bow your heads. And I believe there's some people in the room that, that may need to make this decision for the very first time. And you know who you are. This is, it's funny because you have watched a movie and somehow you feel like God's speaking to you. But this, this is a moment that I believe that God wants to do something in your life. He wants to show you that he's been pursuing you all this time. And so if that's you, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand in just a minute and we're gonna say a prayer. There's nothing crazy that we're gonna do. We're just gonna say a prayer and this prayer is just to, to out loud verbalize and say, God, I, I realize the sacrifice that you made for me and I want you to be the Lord of my life. I wanna do this life with you. I wanna pursue you. And I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand on the count of three and just the reason I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand is one, so that I know who you are and I can pray and believe with you. And I believe that the outward action, it solidifies something on the inside that's happening. So on the count of three, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. One, God loves you so much. Two, I promise you will never be the same. Three, would you go ahead and slip up your hand right now? Awesome, awesome. Once you raise your hand, go ahead and look up at me just so I know who I'm, who I'm praying with. Awesome, awesome. You can go ahead and put your hand back down. We're just gonna say a prayer and I'm gonna pray something and I believe that uh, if you'll repeat after me, there's nothing crazy about the words that we're choosing. It's really just more about the attitude of our heart. And so I'm gonna pray a prayer and have you repeat after me and everybody else is gonna pray with us just in encouraging and a rally, an anthem cry about what God wants to do in your life. So pray with me. Jesus, I love you. Thank you for the sacrifice you've made for me. Thank you for pursuing me. Right now, I choose to follow you. I choose to follow your plan. I open up my heart. I accept the sacrifice you made for me. I'm sorry for the way that I've lived my life. And I want to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Cowboy Junction, there were eight people that decided to make a decision to follow Jesus. That's incredible. Yeah. And this is just the first step in this journey. For the people that have been walking this journey for a while, would you encourage them? Let them know that, man, this is, this is the first big step. It's the first opening your heart of vulnerability. You were afraid a little bit. But one of the things that we say around here is sometimes you just got to do it afraid. Like you can let fear guide you or you could just do it afraid and let Jesus guide you. And so that's what you just did. And we are so excited. And so after this service, we're going to dismiss and we actually have um, some tools and some, some things we want to give you and just to really help you on this journey uh, to let you know that one, you're not alone that you've got people, you've got a family. You, you, a lot of times you hear in church that there's a family. Um, we, we believe that we are all in the family together and our job is to encourage each other and to pursue Jesus more. And so that journey that you're on, we wanna assist you in that. And so we're actually gonna, I, I, I'm gonna ask you if you join me and Pastor Ty 
right over here in the corner. We've got some things that we'd love to give you. Um, answer any questions that you may have about following Jesus. And if you didn't raise your hand and you wish you would have, come over there. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to help you walk, your, walk through this decision, this journey, um, and figure out what we can do to help you. And so, uh, Cowboy Junction, would you give it up one more time for these people who made that decision? Yeah, it's so awesome. That's what it's about. I wanna invite you back next week. We're gonna continue this series. We're gonna watch another movie. Um, you may have saw it out in the lobby, uh, may have seen it out in the lobby. It's Home Alone, and uh, I'm excited for that one. That's like one of my all-time favorites too. And uh, it's gonna be an incredible week. Bring somebody with you. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, would you join me? stand to your feet real quick? I wanna let you know a few things. We've got the Cubby coloring book release. It's gonna be so much fun. We want you to invite your friends, invite your family. Uh, we just love December around here. I don't know if you could tell. Uh, we just try and like do all the celebratory stuff all at one time. Um, but we want you to be a part of it, bring somebody. And uh, we want you to know that I love you. Pastor Ty and Heather love you. Jesus loves you. Don't you ever forget it. It's time for us to love God, love people and have no limits in our life. God bless you. Have a great week in the Lord. See you later.